right, guys. Here, here's we we were going back and forth talking about whether we should do cold opens or not anymore. The prevailing podcast industry thought process is you should have a cold open. It's hip. It's modern. It's cool. But as a podcast listener myself, I don't really care. And well, I, I just skip over them, right? I don't, like, don't, I don't you just like hit to be, the, I don't like to be told button. the same thing twice. Anyways, tweeted us, cold open or no cold open. You know what to do. Hashtag no cold open. Team um, hashtag no cold open. And also, get ready for um, a lot of for a mic this time around. All right. Uh, just open. Okay. Yep. Here we go. All right, well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at the BK Glue Guys, Facebook, The Glue Guys, iTunes, The Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Brian, Mike, this is kind of an emergency pod a little bit. We were going to pod anyways, but let's just couch like two, it in two days, two days old emergency. Two days old emergency. <laughs> I, as I, it's the CNN breaking news banner yeah. that uh, won't die. Uh, bad news. Yeah, not great. So the Nets go on a West Coast trip. It's tough to watch basketball games when they're on the West Coast. Late nights, you have to really kind of be dedicated. Two of the games in the West Coast trip, Georgie's trying to get on the, to Brian's soundboard. Yep. Two of the games are Friday and Saturday night at 1030, which is tough. You know, people are out drinking, having a good time. Yeah, I was in Detroit this weekend, actually. Saw Little Caesars Arena. D-Town. Yeah. Is that what they call it? D-Town? They call it that. Um, we we <laughs> Do drove, they actually? They sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we passed, um, uh, what you call it, uh, Eight Mile. I spat a lyric, threw up some spaghetti. You did? Yeah, it was great. Um, so many other white boys over yeah, there yeah. also. <laughs> no. Mom's um, spaghetti. It was, uh, it's a cool town. I had, had a couple of Coney's. You know what a Coney is? No. I don't Coney, know, a hot dog? A, yeah, it's a hot dog, but it's I just know there's like a their, Michigan-style dog. It's basically just a chili dog with mustard and white onion. What did you think about that? Well, here's what I liked about it. We went to a pretty like hardcore Coney emporium. And uh, the they were all like all the people working there were all like a in local their late fifties pretty much and like really grotesquely overweight. And <laughs> wait, the people who were working there, the people who were eating. There? Yeah, well, yeah, okay, everybody. But everybody. so <laughs> the people working there, and we walked and we walked in, and like the guy who was about to serve us was eating two hot dogs, two coney dogs himself. So I was like, okay, now I know. So he's probably had like his his two millionth hot dog of his life that uh, is like a big sign that people are actually eating the food that they're serving right yeah yeah it is a big sign um how big are these dot dogs we're talking they're not big they're not big which i kind of like sorry i'm getting a treat for my dog so she doesn't attack us oh, as okay. we're doing this sure so um yeah here. why don't you watch me set, why don't you set me up for something to say while we do um, i can just tell so tell people a little bit what we're gonna be talking about today well, we should have done this in the club open. Anyways, everyone knows D'Angelo Russell. So I watched that uh, injury more closely today. I was talking to my inside scoop, so I don't want to be too conspiratorial, Mike. Uh, but you know, for it to be come out that it's a, a contusion. First of all, let me just let me just go into this. The Nets' new thing is to be pretty uh, opaque about um, injuries. Not a whole lot of transparency there. And I have a big so I, like this is actually a problem I want to get into. Yeah, the Jared Allen thing is going on for weeks now. I have not seen any, and that's a big man with a foot issue. I yeah. think we've as Nets fans we've kind of gone through the big man with a foot issue, and it's not enjoyable to have mystery surrounding big man with foot issues. Yeah, here's the problem with the D'Angelo thing is that he is the entire franchise. 
And if you are a franchise like the Nets that are trying to gain interest in the fan base, you're trying to keep the fan base together, the Knicks are playing extremely well. Mm -hmm. They have the Cavs coming into town tonight. We're recording this on a Monday. Um, You have to be a little bit more forthcoming about the star of your franchise's injury, Mm -hmm. especially when it's a knee contusion. So you were going to talk about, I I think we both probably read what a knee contusion is. Why don't you summarize it for me in case I... Got a, a bad... I thought it was a bruise, like a deep bruise. A deep bruise. Okay. Which, okay, so there was no contact on the play that he got yeah. this bruise. So I don't... We're not doctors. Should, do we have to preface we that? May. I could My yet. My stepdad's a dentist. I'm pretty damn close. I'm about I, as close as you I can I could just turn it all around and go to med school. Who knows? Who knows what I'm it's capable gonna of? It's going to happen for you. Because <laughs> you were a, uh, a visual arts major <laughs> yeah. at Syracuse. Yeah. Directly easy, translatable. Easy crossover. Lots of crossover. Actually, there. x-ray machines and... There's a lot of visual. I feel like I can read right away an X-ray. Like when I see a broken bone on an X-ray, I'm like, "Do you see that? See that? Bingo! Guys, step aside." Uh, Um, yeah, but so okay, knee contusion. So the what we understand is that it's a uh, a contact injury. Mm -hmm. What we're being told, it's a rupturing of blood vessels, and a rupture of a blood vessel is a bruise. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I don't want to see the play. I I did see the play. I don't want to be too like you know conspiratorial about it. But I, there's part of me that is that way, just based on previous experience with the Jared Allen thing, with always being, always keeping Brooke Lopez's injuries like under wraps. Like it's just, I don't. There's not a whole lot of trust there built up, you know. And I'm, I'm more angry with the. Okay, so I have the sparse tweet that we got. This or, is or last year's Jeremy Lin's injury, or Ronda Hollis Jefferson's very severe ankle injury that they didn't really roll out. Yeah, properly. Jeremy's Lin, Lin's injury was incredibly hey, frustrating. Darren Williams' ankle problems that persisted forever. Okay, so here's sort of okay. This is the tweet that got sent out. All right, from the Nets account. Uh, Daniel Russell has been diagnosed with a left knee contusion. Return to play updates will be provided as appropriate. Period. Period. At the end of that, not mm. not not open ended. Period. End of story, Brian. Mm. Yeah, you can't treat the fan base this way. This is not. We're media members. We're on the inside, man. We got all the dirt. We know all the all that's the juicy. So, that's goss. so true. That's um, incredibly true. We actually know what's really happening. We're just trying to hint at it. We're just trying to lead <laughs> you there without <laughs> without saying so much. But you can't just. So this is a PR thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to draw. You try to keep fans in the know, make them understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating when you lead them in a way that we have nothing to go on. We have nothing to go on besides it. And we have this report from uh, Wojnarowski that says he's going to miss several games. Even even the source report from the greatest basketball reporter in the world is pretty sketchy. Vague. Pretty vague. And we have no freaking clue what that means. Yeah. Several it's also games. like, am I going to go see a game in the next couple of weeks? Probably Probably not, probably not, you know, because the immediate impact is that I'm, I'm not sure we're going to be doing a whole lot of winning in the coming well, weeks. Oh, and I was going to say, like, maybe, like, we'll just put the pot on ice for a little while. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> no, no, not really. But, like, okay, let me just read the schedule because I do want to – because this is an important stretch for the Nets. The next game that come up is tomorrow night, Tuesday, against the Celtics. The stinking Celtics come to town on their hot streak. Mm-hmm. Rubbing in the Nets' face is about all the greatness that they are. And the Nets' best player, the guy who's the hope in the future, is gone. Uh, a, a Utah, the, the dreaded Utah, the team that injured D'Angelo, even though they actually had no role in his injury. Golden State, Cleveland, Portland, the Alan Crabb revenge game part two. There's just like, it's actually a pretty intriguing stretch and nothing's going to come out of it. Well, okay, so we can, you want to just do a little mail? Yeah, let's drop in some mail. Just, here. I'll just, you know, pepper it in there for us. Um, This one's from, 
What's Triple up, Devin. Blue guys? This is Devin, half Laker fan, half Net fan, now that D'Lo has been traded. And I don't have a question or nothing. I just want to tell you all that watching D'Angelo Russell his first two years and watching him now with the Nets, uh, he is one of the most mentally tough players I've ever seen. I mean, he went through basically like a form of basketball hell his first two years whether it be him being benched or him having bad games, people calling him a bust, all this ridiculous stuff from Laker fans. And he went through it and he overcame it every single time, had tons of back, uh, bounce back games. And when he has these games of when he has eight turnovers like he did or when he has these bad shooting nights or these bad halves, um, just know that there's nothing to really be worried about because he has that mentality adversity is nothing to him and it's so impressive at the age of 21 um yeah that's a hot take well thanks Devin. um it's exactly what we needed that's some positivity on the edge of this awfulness um and i mean I'm, i'm sure that i agree with it does it translate to injuries he's had knee problems in the past mike yeah. Do we even want to go down that road of having another I mean, I have the information right about here. injured point guards? Um, part of my, one of my big D'Angelo questions, are we worried about D'Angelo's history of injury? He missed 11 games of the Lakers in November and December of last season with left knee soreness. No surgery, but he got platelet, platelet-rich plasma injection. He sat out another three games in late January with right knee injury. And then this season, of course, D'Angelo missed the, the big Cavs win with a sprained right knee and this is his left knee mm-hmm. this injury to me that's not like a big deal that history yeah that's that's like a that's a uh, young guard who's growing who sure. has injury some injury history it's like like i'm i'm a wizards fan again bradley beal had like he had a broken leg and he's just you know multitude of injuries that's sort of like kind of casual amount of yeah that's a token so like are you are you worried? What I am worried about again is this injuries that we're saying knee contusion, we're saying popping of blood vessels, um, but it was a non contact injury. Yeah. So what that almost makes me believe again, not a doctor, but I'm going to play one right here. Uh, this was very close to being a major tear. That the fact that his knee buckled in a way that he, <laughs> you seriously, are, you're definitely playing doctor yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is what we're yeah. going to do. <laughs> His knee buckled in a way that it did pop blood vessels mm-hmm. and is severe enough that he's going to miss, quote, several games. Mm-hmm. But yet, um, again, non-contact injury. But at, at the very least, it didn't go all the way where then it started to really tear some stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about this. What are the silver linings here? Who's going to get the minutes? Who's going to benefit from those minutes? <laughs> Can I tell you literally a headline of mine is like, there are nothing. There's nothing good about you. Don't this. you don't like Whitehead? You know, seeing some more playing time no, again. I don't. Did you, I mean, you don't like was, Yakuba Watara coming up? Maybe. Okay. So okay. Is that even a thing? Can can that possibly happen? No. We'll be happy. Okay. You want to be happy? <laughs> yeah. Let's be happy. Okay. What is the what is the silver lining? Spencer Dinwiddie getting the start is a good thing. No, I don't know. Is he even healthy either? He's a no. hamstring issue. <laughs> I know. Like, Dude, what is going on? Why can't we ever catch any breaks? As soon as a little goodwill starts, we were making an actual run in that Utah game too. Oh, for sure. There was, it was six point difference when he went down and we, all the energy was in our favor and we had just done a very similar thing with Portland Trailblazers the night before, which was an awesome game. Fantastic game. That was like another D'Angelo rising moment. What he scored 11 points <sighs> in the fourth quarter. 
God, and I had so much faith in all of those in all of those plays. Well, and then so we'll talk about Levert later because we have to talk about him every podcast. But you sub out D'Angelo and you put in Levert at point guard because Dinwiddie's out for the game, and you can't trust Isaiah Whitehead at the end of that game. And Levert was a disaster, mm-hmm. legit disaster. Yeah, running the point. He's a guy who should be a he's, secondary. He's ball not even handler. putting enough zip on the ball. He's he should only be passing the ball when he's beating his defender. Like he he's like there are th- like he can't be the primary distributor because he he gets he has so many awful turnovers. Right. Yeah. yeah, he get, he kind of not alligator arms it, but he yeah. he has something wrong with his shoulders. He must because <laughs> God, he, now you're really playing doctor because he can't he shoot when he that. shoots. We've talked about this. He shoots a flat shot. He almost pushes it out from his chin. Mm-hmm. And then his passes, he does a weird thing, too, where it's not a natural... He's got, like, John McCain shoulders or something? <laughs> Can't just, lift him up? It's just a... He, it's got something weird going on. Maybe that could... I would hope that would be the reason. Because um, I looked up his stats. He's, like, of the guys in the NBA who shoot at least three threes a game, mm-hmm. okay? If you take out all, like, the guys who played one game so far, he is the third worst three-point percentage yeah, that that meets the eye test for me yeah he's shooting like 22 percent from three i almost know exactly what it's going to look like when he misses two he doesn't miss he always misses close it rattles around the rim it hits a lot of stuff it looks good and then it just no. never goes in no it, well it looks yeah it looks um it looks promising like it could potentially go in it hits because he, he takes good shots yeah they're very wide open. The opposite of Quincy AC. Yeah. Who, dude, you, people, he can never get on the floor again. He cannot <laughs> play for this Quint, team anymore. When Quincy AC is making threes at like the no. 44% no. rate that he was, the dude, that's a huge asset. I don't know how Kenny Atkins doesn't and, murder the and guy. He because, only, dude, because it's because he knows what he's doing, right? He's like, he's basically put the, he's taken the three and D stamp. And I know people are going to say, well, he's not a good defender. Yeah, he, he can't shoot threes. And, and I will say, D, he is a good fine. defender. He's, he's playing. Guy. He's guarding guys that are way bigger than him because they've got Rondé Hollis Jefferson playing the five. That's not my fault. Because you got Rondé Hollis Jefferson closing the game at the five, which worked in the Blazers game, mind you. So everyone's going to go rip on Kenny Atkinson's rotations. Like the fact that we're five and eight with this banged up squad starting or playing uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the center in dude, crunch dude, time minutes. If he, if they lose that game, everyone comes down so hard on Kenny Atkinson. Lionel Hollins decisions. would have this team ten and five right now. He would have played <laughs> extra games. That's how good of a coach he was. Do you want to get into one of the questions uh, oh, can we about do the this? rotation? Let's play this game. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, but I got more. Dan- we got to hit more D'Angelo stuff. We're gonna always cycle around it. It's we never. If Lionel Hollins was the head coach of this team, what would be the starting lineup? Jared okay. Jack, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know that. Ramon Sessions would have been signed somehow. <laughs> yeah. would have, that would have happened. Um, uh, D'Angelo would have been coming off the bench. He would have been because what he would have done with D'Angelo is he would have tried to like shun him to teach him like this is not the way you play basketball. Yeah, Mozgov would be getting thirty-five minutes a game, right? I think that's that's a great yeah. Mozgov and Jared Allen would be on the floor at the same time. Jared Allen would be a power forward. Yeah, I mean, like I think like Lionel Hollins valued the the Brooklyn grit. I'm throwing up some giant air quotes here uh, <laughs> a little bit more heavily than a lot of other things, and so you probably would have seen like it would have been a Whitehead, who's like the all grit uh, squad. Whitehead, uh, well, R.H.J., Demar Carroll, Trevor Brooker, Quincy AC. Yeah. Mo- Mozgov, yeah. he he would he'd convince himself that Isaiah Whitehead's better than D'Angelo Russell. But here's the thing, like, and I love Isaiah Whitehead. Come on, we were losing games in a, in a very sad, depressing way when Damari and Quincy and Trevor were all out, and now that they're back, we're at least making comebacks. We're in games late. Like, I, I think those that actual air quotation me Quincy AC cannot play him. I'm sorry. I don't know why you're so to, opposed to this guy because I, he takes not only he, he does had, take, he's had a he couple misses, bad games since he got back from an injury. He misses open threes. 
all the time. Not and all the time. Just in the last week because he's got, all the time, constantly. No, no. And he disagree. Takes, I'll look up his stats. And he takes bad threes. He takes early shot clock guy in his face bad threes. Quincy AC cannot do that. He seems like a sweet man. I remember when they signed him. There's a great story about how in the how he gave all his G League teammates watches or something when he signed with the Nets. Remember that? There's like mm-hmm. a seems like a sweet sweet man. Dude, stop shooting three point shots. Just, just please. Dude, what is his percentage right now? We, we can't go on any further with this conversation until we're, we're talking hard facts. Um, I know, like he he went zero for seven that one night and screwed up his entire percentage. Like, but but before that, I think he was in. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking. But real quick, Quincy AC three point percentage is thirty six percent. Totally average. Fine. Totally but average. But most of those are wide open shots. Or I, here's what I would say: take those shots, take Levert's three, and add them on to Quincy AC. That's what I'll say. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> interesting. His three point percentage is thirty five point seven. His field goal percentage is thirty five point four. Because he only takes three <laughs> points. He's he only takes. takes <laughs> he only took one. He does two point field go- uh, field he goals. Takes the four three pointers a game. Four point two field goals overall. He takes four point eight. Right, exactly. He just doesn't do anything <laughs> else. That's, That's why, why I'm saying he is he is taking the three and D yeah. model to the furthest extreme he possibly can, which is to only but shoot threes and never play D. He doesn't play D. Yeah, he doesn't play D. No, he can't shoot he does. He plays okay D. He's just oh, he's he just went out for eight constantly. They're the, trying to make him the play Suns like game. He went zero for eight. This is a spicy. This is a spicy episode. Should we talk about here? D'Angelo Russell? All right, let's play the um, uh, rotations. Or do I mean we got it? We, I, we, there's a couple more things we have to dig into D'Angelo Russell, Brian. Fine. I don't okay. want to talk about injured point guards anymore. That's been our no. podcast for five years. Let's let's narrow this down. Okay, who's going to get more minutes now that D'Angelo's out? I, I would say Kilpatrick gets a big bump in minutes because what's going to happen is Spencer Dinwiddie's going to play sp- starting point guard. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. But I don't want to see any more Kilpatrick. Here's what I want to see. I only want to see people with the even the glimpse, the glimmer of potential that's untapped. And so that Isaiah for me Whitehead? is Whitehead and. I mean, I want to see Yakubo Watara. I that people people are going to make fun of me, but I would love to see. I mean, he's he's our two way contract, right? We're supposed to be able to yank him out whenever we want. Sure. Um, Is he a point guard? Not really. Okay. No, he's like a he's like a he's like one of those um, Dion Waiters, not tall enough to be a shooting guard, point right. guard kind of guys. My biggest worry that D'Angelo obviously being out is that. This team has already become to rely on him so much that just yanking him away, like in the preseason basketball, the Nets were playing like a really interesting style, and they've already kind of gone away from that. Like there's number- there's moments of it that like come up here and there. Like there was a couple of really nice four pass plays that ended up in a dunk for like uh, you know a couple of times last night. Sure, in two nights ago in Utah. But him being out is like not only are you so then that puts more pressure on Levert. Because Levert is going to have to ask to handle the ball a lot more. He's going to be not the backup point guard, but the backup ball handler. Because Isaiah Whitehead, I guess, would stay up with the team for the rest of the time. When I, D'Angelo's out, Isaiah's on the roster. But Levert's going to be asked to like carry the second unit. And he's not... He's I don't really know as bad as he ever what to do career. with Levert. Like where, where to only use his strengths and none of his weaknesses. It's like you, you have to... Basically, what you have to do is you have to have a bunch of cutters all cutting at the exact same time as he's making his drive and like crashing the rim. That's, that's what it, cause it's so chaotic once he gets in there. I mean, it, like it's either going to go up and sort of around in, like we need to get right. more tip ins. We need to get more Joe Harris cuts right at the time that he's making that, that move. Yeah. Um, Joe Harris, by the way, quietly having a pretty good season. And he's going to be super valuable if we're going to just look trade, trade trades. Yeah. 
I think he's what he making a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of trade trade trades, what Okafor? We haven't heard a single ripple. The Nets they don't want him, right? Objectively not interested. It appears. But I, I mean, like I don't know what they even offer the Sixers. Like, what well, I don't know what the Sixers want. I mean, they seem to just be holding on to Okafor just because just they to torture him. They don't want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is honestly yeah. what it seems like. It's like a, a episode of Saw or, or a, <laughs> a new Saw volume. Saw Philadelphia hole in Philadelphia. Um, they're not going to get Okafor, but also it's because if I'm going to be honest, I'd rather Jared Allen get 18 minutes a game if he's healthy. We don't know if he's healthy, but would you rather him get 18 minutes a game than you don't really know what you're going to get with Okafor? He's not really right for this team. I mean, this team needs talent, but he's not. What is he going to defensively? He's going to be horrible, like the rest of the centers on the roster. He's certainly not like <clears throat> the system solution guy that we're looking for. The center position basically is just a defensive anchor in in Kenny Atkinson's system. I think that's been ma- made clear. Like we, they don't really want a good need. Like any center that plays here is going to be the fifth option every time they're on the Unless floor. Unless obviously Brook Lopez, right? right? Where he's just so good that. And he's the only player on the team who is good. Right. Jared Allen is the perfect center for what they want. He's just he's 19 years old. He's just and a baby boy. His Ugh. his feet hurt so Wait, bad. Hang on. I have to make a drop happen. You know, You're just a baby boy. You don't know any better. Um, do you want another drop? Who was on crack? I do love that. Um, yeah, so this sucks. Hopefully we learn more about D'Angelo Russell's injuries, right? Hopefully they they because I'm not going to man because this is it's their thing it's a crime against sports fandom if the nets treat sports as the nets fans the nets pr treats nets fans this way you can't just say the best player in your team we're not going to give you any information about how severe the injury is this isn't hockey in hockey that makes sense because you say lower body injury because you don't want guys you know aiming for the injury mm-hmm. It's basketball. Is that really what happens in hockey? Yeah, they just say lower body. Oh my lord! It, it could be a broken foot, you know, barbaric. It could be anything. They they say upper body injury, and it could be a shoulder, yeah. elbow. That's because you don't want people attacking that part of their body. God. No one's going to be diving at D'Angelo's knees unless you're Dion Waiters. Did you see the Dion Waiters Rudy Gobert play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no reason beyond the fact that you just don't like to reveal information you just don't like to be forthcoming with your fan base and if they don't want to let people know the expectation of when they could get d'angelo back what you're going to end up doing is sort of this like not the cover-up is worse than the crime but in that way that like if they said he's going to come back in three weeks and then he comes back in four weeks people would be a little annoyed but we'd be understandable if they just say we'll tell you when he'll come back every day that kenny atkinson could talk to the press the press is going to ask for an update about D'Angelo Russell. And it's going to be every day that's the story as opposed to Spencer Dinwiddie's playing well. Look how happy we are. They're screwing up here, Brian. I hope people from the Nets PR are listening to us. I hope they are. I know they're not, though, because, you know. Mike, you're trying to pick a fight? You know, that, you know they don't to, like us. You're trying to pick Anyways. a fight? Um, <clears throat> do you want to hear? So do you want to, you want to just put it put a, a big punctuation mark on that until we hear more from from Nets PR. Yeah. Balls in your court Nets PR. Um like that's what we'll say. Uh Oh, it's a basketball Come on, it's a, it's our whole wow. basketball <laughs> podcast, Mike Ron. Uh so let's get back into the rotation thing. For, by the way also, um some guy tweeted at us, I wish they had a producer because they jump from uh in and out of uh subjects too too much. <laughs> that was that, that right? was like a month ago though. Um ah, well. well, and it's a conversation, Mike. We're to, we're not trying to be anything we're not. Bottom line. 
True or false? I don't even know what we are. Exactly. What up, boys? This is Twitter username Kyron Darcy, all the way from the Bahamas, right? Um, I want to ask you guys a question because, you know, against that Utah game, I, I really did not like um, the rotations by Coach Kenny Atkinson. I felt as though he was the biggest reason for the loss against Utah. Um, having Isaiah Whitehead in uh, too long as opposed to putting DeAndre Russell back in. I'm trying to figure out why is it Kenny Atkinson is so glued to his rotations. Glued. Right? So why when most coaches would kind of play the game by feel, if they see that they're, you know, a lead is slipping away, they would bring back in their star players or, or their their best players to kind of, you know, stop the gap. Um, Kenny Atkinson just kind of sticks with his rotation and uh, allows what was once a five-point lead uh, turn into like a 13-point deficit. Uh, he did the same thing against uh, Philadelphia in a preseason game, um, the one where the Nets were blown out. And I, uh, Again, I put that on Kenny Atkinson because he, he took too long to put his starters back in the game. Why is it that he sticks to these rotations? Is it just he's feeling his way out uh, as well as being a young rookie coach? So, first of all, shout-outs to your boys, Kyron Darcy and Devin, um, for sending voicemails. Love you, dudes. Um, Love you, bros. Netspot at gmail.com for anyone else who wants to send them in. Uh, so, here's the thing. Tell me, Brian. How many miles do you want to put on D'Angelo Russell this season? Do you think that this is the season? I mean, the guy's already has a mystery contusion that popped up out of nowhere. Some blood vessels exploded. Do you, I mean, I get that this was... I'm being hyperbolic, but he's. I think he's averaging like 28 minutes a game. Yes, which is accurate. Brooke Lopez numbers basically, which makes his per 36 look amazing. Right. I, I love. I, I just love anyone using per 36 numbers on a player that's it, averaging. I think it's something like if you look at D'Angelo's per 36, it's the best a 21 year old. Yeah, it's has like had 27 since, points or something. It's like since yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, like Kevin Durant. Yeah, basically. There's a reason. <laughs> that, there's a reason for that. Um, as usage goes up, what happens, generally speaking? Uh, efficiency goes efficiency down. Efficiency goes down. Wow. That That's was a fun little math lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. We, I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, what does it do? What does yeah, it do? Yeah. I was like, oh, got it. Um, you nailed it. Um, so, anyways, so, what she said. so here's what, Michael, so here's what I think uh, <laughs> is, is, first of all, necessary to keep in mind, because in general, I'm not opposed to this line of thinking. I do think that we what, have the to. the play people more line of thinking? The play people more line of thinking. I, I, for one, would like to see what a D'Angelo Russell playing through exhaustion kind of moment looks like, because Ooh. those are important things to know about your star players. Can you, can you rely on them to play 36 minutes if and when you're good and this needs to happen? Exactly. Um, but you have to, you know, play this game where you're balancing that against do you want to put miles on his knees that are seemingly, you know, not super great? I mean, I don't want to they get contused. They get contused without contact. He's all contused up right now. Anyway, so um that being said, that's PR, please. How much do you want to play your starters in a year where honestly you're looking at I mean, I think we're on pace right now. We have five uh five for eight is actually pretty good despite everything. I mean, our second best player is banged up. Uh the not, Who, not D'Angelo? Just, not just banged or up. Or Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin's missing the Go entire on. season. Yeah. Uh, still winning five of eight is pretty good. I mean, we're not the the, well, what, the Bulls or the The West Hawks. Coast group was two of three and yeah. could have been three of two if D'Angelo didn't get I Because sure. honestly, cause that, that Utah, Utah game, game pretty good. was very much within grasp. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, though, I think I think 
I, I've picked up on a lot of people's angst about the rotations about Kenny Atkinson. I would say that it's a lack of consistency more than more than this forcible consistency that they're talking about. And I think the forcible consistency is mostly due to the minutes restriction on D'Angelo Russell, and that's what they're kind of pointing to. But I've seen a lot of late game uh, uh, lineups that are totally different. Like I, like I was saying, the Ronda Hollis Jefferson f- closing the game out at the five. We don't really have a like five in late game like you know half of the time um which Dude, honestly i i don't know why zeller like zeller didn't play against zeller should have gotten some minutes here and there i think he's a pretty good late of game yeah five to have at least on the defensive side five i mean our Ronde was gassed too at the end of that he was dropping passes like he was just like sucking wind you well know? what do against the portland game didn't we play him like 39 minutes or something yeah like they that? played him a ton they i mean they played him you know, long spells uh, against Utah. I mean, I like that Rondé Hollis Jefferson. First of all, he's having a breakout season. I, I, undercover. Amazing. He's having a breakout season. Uh, I don't want to say I called it. People people were not thinking about Rondé Hollis Jefferson having a big season, but I did put that in my round table. <laughs> You're going to keep bringing this up, aren't you? Here's As you thing. should. Here's the thing. In the podcasting world, you really only hear about the times you were wrong. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> you, don't, you don't often get lauded for, for being correct about things. That's correct. So you have to do that yourself. And it's Trump's America, so... I'm so I'm 100% with you like the when the fact that you say like you would like to see D'Angelo sort of play through exhaustion that is important um, obviously it's tough to talk about this now after he got hurt in the game specifically though that 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 voicemail was talking about I totally agree that during that game they were I don't know if the Nets were up or the Nets were kind of trying to come back I think Nets were trying to come back yeah that makes mm-hmm. more sense and the lead for the jazz was getting larger and they left D'Angelo on the bench. Eventually he came back in, played well, lead shrunk. I would like to see like D'Angelo come in at the 10 minute mark in the fourth quarter and play. See, I disagree. I think, I don't think we're a uh, lead sustaining kind of winning team. I think we need to sneak up on people. Well, this would have been a sneak. That's what I'm saying. 10 minutes. I mean, that's you want, I think putting him in at the five minute mark or whatever it is, six minute mark. and just making this last well rested. You're, you're, you know, your ace point guard playmaker, get him in while his legs are fresh for the closeout. Try to make a run. That's what worked with Portland. I mean, it seemed like it was about to work with Utah until he got contused. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that we're like, yeah, we're just going to like hold them under eight points until the clock runs out. Like that does not seem like the kind of team. No, we're but be. this this would have been a come from behind. The lead was getting too big. The Jazz were growing a bigger, bigger lead. He did come back in and it got it shrunk. Then he got hurt, and they could have won the game if he did not get hurt, obviously. Most star players in the NBA are able to play nine minutes in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to see D'Angelo do that. Now, again, he got hurt, so it's tough to sort of... I got to go back and look at when he came in the game. It was probably the nine-minute mark, right? The way I'm talking about it. (laughs) Um, The the only, like, guys that I really get annoyed with getting not enough minutes is actually... Alan Crabb is someone that I want to be playing more. Even though he's not playing particularly well, I think he should pretty much always be on the floor as long as he's not gassed completely. Yeah. Just because what he does bring is good enough. I mean, a lot's going to be on him now to be scoring more yeah, than just like po- like just waiting around by the three-point line waiting for open threes. Yeah. They still don't know what to do with him, and he still doesn't really exactly know what he should be doing, I, I don't think. Yeah. I don't feel like I get enough of an impact from Alan Crabb on this team. This team desperately – last year – the amount of threes this team was shooting, I would just figure if you put a guy as good of a three-point shooter as Alan Crabb on this team, this he would be blowing up mm-hmm. in terms of usage. Still doesn't feel like I see much of an impact from him 
from game to game. There are certain games where, you know, he's like a really awesome stretch. Yeah. Crucial in the fourth it's quarter. A, it's a big difference shooting contested threes versus uncontested threes. Yeah, and yeah. playing with Lillard and McCollum as yeah. opposed to playing with D'Angelo and now Spencer Dinwiddie right. is going to be your point guard. Um, I don't know. A lot will be on Allen Crabb to actually be like a 20-point-a-game scorer over this. Not that they have to win games. Like, I think we all kind of realize that maybe the playoffs is still kind of out of reach. Yeah. But, but dude, we're still on pace for 30-plus wins, 31 to 32 wins. Yeah. I mean, if we can survive this spell, which, honestly, like, these teams that we're about to play are pretty good anyhow. Like, I, yeah. I don't see a ton of wins, D'Angelo or not. Um, I was so excited for D'Angelo and Kyrie. Not that they would be really guard- – I'm sure they wouldn't have guarded each other. Yeah. But – to kind of see, I think D'Angelo would have gotten pretty amped up to play against Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a guy he would have looked up to. To see him kind of go shot for shot at the end of the game would have been interesting, even if the, it was a slight blowout, yeah. which it may be. The Celtics are playing so well. Um, it just stinks. As I said, I said in our preseason roundtable that the only thing I cared about really this season was how D'Angelo is doing and how he did during every game. And uh, him not being there... What do you what are you going to be watching for? Like, what's the thing to watch? It's basically Rondé, how good Rondé is going to be, and if Levert can do anything. Basically, does Levert rise to the occasion? Does does anyone seize the opportunity? Like, who's got the who's got the mojo? You know, like I, I don't really know. I don't know. Somebody has. To, I think it's Spencer Dinwiddie. If if anybody's going to take the reins and really be like, okay, now's my time to gun for for that next big contract, and he can do it. He can do it. I actually. I, I'm lo- obviously we love Spencer, mm-hmm. friend of the pod. He tweeted, I tweeted about Dragon Ball Z recently, and he commented on it. So I appreciate that. Um, by the way, the Nets on Yes Truck. Oh uh, yeah. Did you see what they? So obviously, if you're a fan of the the Nets, they do the famous seg- segment. Who am I? Uh, this year they did a new Who Am I differently. Obviously, they broken up each personality. So as opposed to just being sideline reporters versus announcers and color analysts, now it's everyone's up there. The top two people on the board, and I tweeted this out. You can check it out. Uh, BK Glue Guys on Twitter. The top two people on the board are two former guests on the Glue Guys. Mm. Ian Eagle and Jim Spinarkle. Those are the two top people on the board. I tweeted that at uh, Nets on Yes, the Nets truck, and they retweeted it and liked it. Gentlemen. <laughs> Look at you. Ladies and gentlemen, all of them. Look at you go. All um, them classy people. Okay. Um, real quick. Playoffs? No, just <laughs> Um, I'm just going to play the last message and then we can do news around the league. Is that something you want to do or love it? Okay, cool. Uh, this is shout out to true boy. You're a Manny. Um, he campaigned hard for this plug and it is well-deserved. So, uh, here's true boy. Hey, this is Manuel Martinez. longtime fan, longtime listener. Um, I now go by the name of Euro Manny. I'm starting my own podcast called NBA freestyle, which you guys should all check out. I am the biggest optimist when it comes to the nets and honestly the injury makes me sad i want to see d'angelo russell play as many games as humanly possible but yes at the end of the day this season doesn't really mean much and now after seeing d'angelo for these first 12 or so games i know what the guy is i know he's going to give me 25 and 5 he's our superstar of the future let's take it as slow as humanly possible Mm -hmm. with him Worry about now developing Isaiah Whitehead and Spencer Dinwiddie as great 
backcourt mates for him. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. It goes on. And thank you, Manny. I like that he's putting in, he's grinding in his car, like putting in time. Yeah, you can the, hear the, the caution going. light yeah. blinkers go. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which we really appreciate. Could be I mean, alternate side parking, too. Yeah. Ooh, very yeah. alternate side parking podcast for this Thursday. Which was me. a huge hit, by the way. I think, I don't think it's it's reverberated around the world. If you want to get it in this week, it'll be Thursday for me. So just, just FYI. Um, I could probably do Thursday. Well, let's try to get an interview in the car. Yeah, that's the goal. I'll just I'll just get the uh, like a crackhead off the street and sit him in the back. I I think Manny had a measured way of thinking it. Uh, you know, like maybe we all should take a breath and hopefully enjoy the Isaiah Whitehead Spencer Dinwiddie growth, uh, Levert growth. Hopefully that maybe he'll they'll I don't know feel less pressure. I doubt that, but um. Well, I guess that's a positive way to look at it. Just the fact that Mike's not a positive guy. He does not seem. Oh, you I'm seem not happy. Disheveled. Did you? Did you get any sleep since well, the D- well, D'Angelo? No, so I worked at four a.m. this morning, my and then Lord. we have no cold. We have no hot water. Oh my goodness! So I haven't showered. Dude, this construction thing Seriously. here is a nightmare. I don't even want to talk about it. All right, let's not. Um, uh, news around the league. News around the league. Wait, hang on. Wait, do you have title? No, I don't know the. I like. I keep getting ads for for weird stuff like title. I can't believe title is still a thing. Um, the news drop is here. It's the news. All right, go, go. All right, well, news around the league here. Um, literally the most important story, and it's breaking uh, pretty recently. Uh, President Trump has gotten involved in the Ball China family dispute. Have you seen this? I didn't see Trump's involvement in it, no. So obviously, if you don't know, the middle son of LeVar Ball is in China. or Actually, yeah, he's still in China with UCLA. UCLA was over there. He, LiAngelo Ball, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly stole some stuff from a store with a couple of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington Post is reporting that President Trump personally asked his Chinese counterpart, uh, the Chinese president, the president of China, to uh, look into the matter, help resolve the case. Mm. The, uh, what do you think of the fact that it has, okay, positive or negative that that Trump is addressing this issue? He has all the things in the world to talk about, but is it good that he's getting involved with this? There's a couple of Americans, and the whole thing is that we don't know if they're still if they're going to be able to come home. They're still there. <laughs> they're just going to like put them in a Chinese labor camp yeah, or something until yeah, they're forty. Really happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a positive. I think yeah. this is because, like, there's a this. This is kind of like what you want your president to do: kind of step in there and help out, sell <laughs> the balls. I really, I have no idea. Honestly, I haven't thought about it enough. Um, Second question: Is, is there going to be a Ben Affleck movie based on this mm, Argo Two, where he plays Leangelo? <laughs> <laughs> it's Argo Two, and they rescue Leangelo Ball, yeah, uh, and company from China. Um, that would be a Honestly, something that I think LeVar Ball would, would green light and probably co-produce if you wanted to pitch that. Second story of the day. Yeah. Celtics are good. This is sad. Um, the Celtics are so good. It's so annoying. Celtics are coming to Brooklyn. Uh, very angry. The Celtics are 12-2. Dude, I think the Celtics are straight up contenders today. Okay, that's the question. Yeah. Okay, here's the basic question. So here's what we know of the season so far. The Cavs are still struggling. Mm-hmm. The Wizards are clowns mm-hmm. wizards fan here but they're clowns they keep talking and then they keep losing the loss to the mavericks at home the wizards being at home but is there anything that the Cavs that 
the Celtics can do this season, in season, not in playoffs, but in regular season, mm-hmm. that would make you think that they are the favorites? I'm not talking about like if LeBron gets hurt. I'm saying, is there actually anything that will happen during the season that will make you think, you know what, the Celtics are the favorites? No, I don't think that they'll ever do that. But um, I do think that... Like, it'll be really, I, I, I do think it's a compelling matchup either way, because it's basically like um, transformative offense versus transformative defense. And by and large, I think that's like a more reliable, consistent way to probably be competitive for a longer period of time. Um, does the does that defensive identity hold till then or all their players? So I don't think so, though. That's yeah. the thing. I, that's that's why. I mean, like, I don't obviously I don't think that they're favorites at all. I would, I would probably I would presume they'd get sweep swept, honestly. But um but is it a com- more compelling matchup than the Cavs at this point? Yeah, I think so. More more compelling matchup than it was last year, right? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, nothing could be... Well, then even this more- year's Cavs. I mean, unless Isaiah Thomas comes back and they're like super dope fire. Uh, but, you know... Which but, is possible. I kind of yeah. think we... I know that there's an injury, but people kind of forget how great yeah. Isaiah was last year. And there's no reason why he can't be as good. Either way, that Cavs-Celtics uh, playoffs is going to be... That's going to be the real finals for me. That's... It's interesting because you have now obviously no one can stop LeBron, but you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, which would be a tall ask a young kid, Marcus Smart. You just have a couple of those like mid tier big body dudes mm-hmm. that you can throw at LeBron constantly. Yeah. Um Al Horford would pester absolutely pester Kevin Love. Al Horford is going to be an absolute nightmare for us. Like that's exactly the kind of player that's been just posting career nights on us. Like a Jokic style God. center. I know. And we've talked about center rotation for this team so much. And really, it got better on the West Coast trip. Yeah. I know Zeller's not the answer, but he should be playing more. He really should. He makes enough sense. I've seen enough from him out there, and yeah. I've seen enough from him in his history that he's not an embarrassment on defense, and he can do a couple of things offensively. And I just find that there's a reason why dudes like. I mean, he played a lot of minutes Nicholas against Jokic, Vucevic. who just had a monster game yeah, that's true that was embarrassing yeah. <laughs> oh, god i mean that's exactly kind of like just a multi-tool center is a huge nightmare for us and like we always talk about there's it's the death of the center in the nba but it seems like every time we watch a nets game there's another yeah. dude going off can you imagine how hard we're gonna get punched when we play the, the pelicans there's nothing but multi-tool oh my god, that's <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> yeah who's gonna be guard i mean ronde is gonna be guarding yeah Anthony Davis. <laughs> and that's Oh god. And then who's on DeMarcus Cousins? Like literally who? I guess Mozgov. <laughs> Mozgov's yeah. gonna foul out in the first quarter. Yeah. Um I'm gonna answer my own question about the Celtics. And again, barring like a a massive Cavs collapse in some way, I don't think there's anything that they could do this season that would make me put make them the favorite. No. They're, it's all gonna come down to the playoffs. Even as they're twelve and two right now, they could be 65 and 7, right? Or what would it be? 65 and 17. Um, wow, I'm trying to do math on on the live stream right now. That's a lot, a lot of way those. Like um on the live stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't even say English. We're uh, not we're not even live streaming, you realize. Oh, we're not. There's not a camera. Actually, <laughs> yeah. there's a camera. My dog camera. Hello. Um there's nothing that they can do. There's nothing the Celtics could do that would that would give me the give them the bump. Over uh, the yeah. Cavs. I mean, they could trade for Steph Curry. That's that's a bit about it. They, I mean, they could trade for Anthony Davis, which is like the last, yeah. the last big piece out there. I also do wonder. So we obviously saw Portland, and uh, you know, on the Nets West Coast trip, how long do McCollum and Lillard 
love just being in Portland and not being that good. Yeah. We're just scoring a ton of points. Like, how long does know. that last? To what? me, those are the guys that are going to want to be traded soon. Like, so you say, so in the, the power rankings of stars to be traded, yeah. uh, you go, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is up there just because he, his contract's coming up, blah, blah, blah. Anthony Davis is the big fish. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, guys like Lillard and McCollum are just going to be out. Like, eventually we're going to get that story where, like, Damian Lillard doesn't like McCollum. They don't like each other. They One of them wants to be traded. It should be CJ's team. Mm-hmm. And then Lillard gets flipped to, I don't know who, but. I mean, I've watched else. a couple of games, uh, a couple of Blazers games, and Nurkic is legit good. And he's probably, like, two years away from being quite good. But he's he just got, seems unreliable. Well, yeah, he's currently very unreliable. Yeah. Um. But he's got. It's so interesting that they like that. Basically, that that Denver drafted two players that are basically identical, except Jokic is just slightly more. Jokic is better, mature, more in a team concept. But yeah, Nurkic would could actually be more devastatingly uh, off. Like not passing, but scoring for sure. He's a better scorer if he like just got his butt totally. Yeah, in gear. but I don't think he's he's. I mean, I would have to look at his numbers, but I think he he appeared to be a pretty good interior passer. Just on a, no, yeah, he's got some skills too. Yeah, um, and that was like a totally weird trade when that happened because Plumley was traded and and the Trailblazers just got a first round pick to take on Nurkic, which is just like, yeah, Sean Marks, where were you? You're yeah. bummed. Where were you? Where were you, dude? Uh, final news around the league question or comment here. Uh, the Toy Hall of Fame came out with their 2017 class. Three toys were inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. They were, or an R, the paper airplane, the wiffle ball, and the board game Clue. They were chosen among the finalists of Magic 8-Ball, Matchbox Cars, My Little Pony, I know that's what your favorite, uh, Pez Dispenser, Play Food, don't know what that is. None of these other things made it? None of these other things made it. Paper airplane made it? Okay, so that was my question. That's not a, that's a. Are we okay with the paper airplane? So here's the thing with the paper airplane. I mean, it's like at what point you're just like stick, ball, paper airplane. These are just things. Stick you... and ball, I think we're first ballot Hall of Famers. <laughs> stick I'm and sure. ball. <laughs> I think they're together. Stick is in there. But wiffle ball is different. Is, is a different thing. Sure. But it's like, okay. But I don't even, I wouldn't even put wiffle ball in. Because it's, that's just a ball. Here's what they should do. They should, at least, they should at least honor the origins of the paper airplane. Throw a little love to their Far East neighbors. Origami. This is an origami. You know? I don't know if that's a toy though. This is, that's it's not. Art. It's an. It's a lifestyle. It's a. <laughs> oh, it's a discipline. It? Oh um, God! So they should honor all of that comes with origami. Okay. When have you ever made a paper airplane and be like, "Wow, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I had that experience of making a paper airplane." We all have made paper airplanes in our lives. We've all been bored in school, and you had a piece of paper next to you. And you're like, "I'm going to make this, and I'm going to throw it at someone." Uh, but I've never felt good about it. I've never enjoyed that time. It, it falls into the same company as like the army man with the parachute. It's like this, this, this is a great idea and it seems super fun, but you do it once. And it's like done. Yeah. I did that now. I've checked it off my bucket <laughs> list of toys. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's all like, so if you're just going down the list, uh, magic eight ball is like a super dynamic invention. Like what do they even, how is that not in the hall of fame right now? Well, another one of the nominees was sand sand is sand a toy. Oh my god. What? Where are we with the Toy Hall of Fame that Sans getting nominated? There's a great vast number of toys. Transformers was a nominee. I would say Transformers is one of the most influential individual brand of toy items ever. 
I remember, I mean, like, I was just thinking, like, so sand, like, it, you're just, you know, you get rocks, like, I mean, just minerals. And I was I was r- reminded of the fact that I had rock fights in like third grade. <laughs> I remember like we went from like mud fights to like you know like mud clump fights to like full on rock fights, and we all as a bunch of nine year olds had to get together. And be like guys, this is getting out of hand. We have to <laughs> this the technology. This this you arms had, you race. Had an armistice day. You had <laughs> literally on the heels of Veterans Day. You yeah. literally had an armistice day. You get yeah. together, and then you all wear the red we flowers. A, we made a pact to not throw any rocks at each other. <laughs> because yeah. This is just too much. And then someone broke it. Yeah. Your friend. Always. Co- Max Roach. A couple Sh- years Shout later. Shout out to Max Roach. Had to go to the hospital. Got a uh, got his head cut open. So, like, and I would say, so, okay, sand is obviously interesting. Of course, it's not a toy. It can, It is a thing you can play with, um, whatever, whatever. But I would go, like, snowball over over sand like i would be specific well, sand castle that's what that's what they're getting at like if you're gonna do a paper airplane why do you call it like sand bucket there's a lot of inconsistencies there right because it's like paper airplane it's not just paper right right it's specifically the paper airplane. So paper it's not airplane. just sand it's a sand castle sand bucket whatever whatever yeah if you like we a, need to get on this board and, and just, give me 10 minutes of these people and set them straight uno was also a nominee have you ever F's with Umo? Uno. Do you play? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a frustrating game. I don't like it that much. But a version of that <laughs> Wait, that Uno's is good frustrating for you is Exploding Kittens. Have you ever played that? It's uh, like uh, oh, I don't live of... in Brooklyn, so no. Like, like <laughs> I wish we had the video feed up. <laughs> my eyes rolled so far in the back of my head. I don't think it's it'll like come back a out. Ready-made GIF. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I've never played. How it's, is Uno it's frustrating? Like a, it's like a kid's What's game? frustrating? But Uno, Uno just gets stuck in this cycle where you just can't finish the game. It goes on forever and ever and ever. Okay. If you play with people that are decent at it, it just takes. Forever. Oh, I don't know. You, how dare you? I've met. I've met the people you hang out with. I can. <laughs> I can oh, see why please, you're why you're please. running why you're running a. You a, got Rhodes Scholars you're running around with. <laughs> Come on. I can see why you're running the Uno table. Yes. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those drips. By the way, I got a, a great board game. If you've never played Ticket to Ride. It's phenomenal. It's a new board game. Is that a it's Midtown butthole thing? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a Midtown butthole thing. I went right. to, by the way, I went to the Best Buy over here before I came here just to kill some time. They've got nothing I want at Best Buy anymore. It used to be I couldn't, I know. I couldn't get enough of Best Buy. Well, and what the, So this Best Buy here, what they did is they have the, the library of like games or library of games, yeah. DVDs, and, and CDs. Not that you would buy a CD today. All right. My thing about going to a Best Buy is so I can just look around right. and see what I can get. I don't yeah. want like what it is is this big machine. Yeah, and they have a computer interface, right? and it goes. It's sort of like uh, if you saw Rogue One, how they had to accumulate the disc for the Death Star plans. They had to like there was a big machine that they had to pull it literally out of. It's the same thing over here at the Best Buy. I don't want to type into a machine and look around almost like a Netflix-like yeah. menu. I would just go to Netflix for I want to walk around. I want to see what I can see. I want How cheap is the cheapest movie? Yeah, it's That's like three being at a bookstore or something so I could see all these books that I would nev- never normally look at, right? And then you're like, oh, oh yeah, a weird book. Not a goddamn Kindle interface with a book-grabbing robot behind it. Get out of here. Anyways, let's get out of here. Millennials. Millennials ruining everything. Um, How do we get out of this? Follow us on Twitter at the BK Glue Guys. Thank you all for following so much. Uh, we'll be back. Obviously, when we get more D'Angelo Russell news, we will bring you that news. Uh, Nets PR, shame on you. And Brian, Mike, good night. See everybody.